turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Last time I was before you, we, we, we dealt a lot with 17. But we're going to look at, uh, we're going to continue on, but I'm going to read 17 and 18 and 19. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given them, so, excuse me, over to, unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So we pretty much finished up with 17, and we talked about that we should not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So I want, I want us to look as we look at these verses. There's four things. There's four things that points, points of difference. One, in the vanity of their mind. Two, in the darkness of their understanding, in their what? Alienation from the life of God and their abandonment to lasciviousness. So we can see these four things that are in there. And we talked last week about the vanity of the mind. We got to watch out for that. So we're looking in here and we see that, see, our lives should not be. So when we look at in verse 17, just for a little bit, and it says that, that ye henceforth walk not as that our Gentiles walk. A walk is acquainted with what? Our manner of life out in the world. How we are in the world today. Okay? Now we know from Brother Roger when he had some stores and this and that was even in the mall, you know, he would sit there and he would talk to people about the Lord. So people come to understood, and I'm sure Roger did not hide the fact that he was a, a pastor or anything like that. Okay? So people come to know what? Roger was a pastor. He was a, he was a child of God. And he loved our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I would venture to say that as they would talk with Roger, they tried not to use foul language. You know what I mean, Brother Roger? And I know that's the way because sometimes when we talk with family members or whatever, and they'll start talking, and sometimes they don't realize who they're around, and they will use some foul language, but when they use it, sometimes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But see, our walk in life should be that people are going to take note that what? We've been with Jesus. They should be able to see that we have been with Jesus. So our walk is equated to our life. And he says, we are not to walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. You know, in the scripture it says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We need to come out from among them. We have to be in the world. It's, it's inevitable. We have to be in the world. But we have to be not of the world. Okay? When we conduct our business, you know, they're going to realize that, you know, that we've been with the Lord and we'll treat people right. You know what I mean? That's the way that we should be doing it. So we look at this in the darkness of their understanding. The understanding darkened. 
Now we can go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and see that whereas in time past we walked according to the course of this world and all these things, when we look at that and we see that, that we were without God. We were without God. And the different things we look at there. So the understanding darkened. I was reading something the other day about, about the light. The light. We need to be the light of the world. Our light, what does it say in the scriptures? We're not to hide our light under a bushel, are we? We're supposed to let everybody see our light. Take note and understand that we are one of God's. We are part of his family. And this is how we should be conducting ourselves out in the world today. I know it, 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 it's hard to do it, isn't it? It's, it's hard. We, we get cut off, we get caught up with things, don't we? It's easy to get up and caught up in the things of the world. But we are not to be as other people out in the world today. And we need to show that forth. How we do things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. She'll understand that. I'm not perfect. You know? If I bang my toe, stub my toe, or I'm, I'm trying to do something and, and I hit my finger, I might say a cuss word. I'm not perfect. I'm going to admit it. You know? But I, th th that's the way we are. We're human. We're perfect. We're going to do things. we got to understand we're sinners. We're going to be sinners until the day we die. Just what I read in that armor of God. Satan's going to assail us each and every day in our lives. we got to be need to be ready. we not be prepared. We are not to be as other Gentiles. Because that's what we are. We're Gentiles. According to the Jewish people, we're Gentiles. The understanding darkened. I wrote some things down. I don't mind reading. Thus, even Christians need to remember the duty to keep themselves unspotted by the world. We have a duty. We have a duty to keep ourselves unspotted of the things of this world. You know, it's just like when we go and we see somebody. We might be driving a car. Maybe our car is four or five years older. We see somebody driving a newer car. And we covet that. We'd like to have that new car, wouldn't we? But we need to watch out. Do we need a new car? Is the old one just as good? Is it getting, is it getting past time? Are we doing things? You know, we need to make repairs on them and, and everything. You know, we can't let covetousness get a hold of us. We can't let jealousy get a hold of us. You know, people marvel. Maybe that's not the right word to use, Brother Leroy, but they marvel at, at Mount Zion Church up here. You want to know why? Because they see Brother Roger, Brother Leroy, and Brother Dave. Three ministers. We say three pastors. We're here. We're all together. And we get along, don't we? And And they're... They're amazed at that. There's, they got churches that the elders of the church don't even get along with the deacons sometimes. 
you got a lot of, a lot of contention going on in some of these churches. I think we've been blessed at Mount Zion Church to be able to get along so well. And even we've not got along a hundred percent all the time. But we deal with it and we go on forward and keep it going on. There's a world of guiltiness and godlessness from which it is necessary for us to keep ourselves whole and living our lives for the Lord. As we're talking, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to be a Christian in the coming years. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know. But, you know, what does the Bible say? In the end times, there's going to come a falling away. Isn't that what the Bible says? There's going to be a falling away. Do we understand? Now, we might not see it, but we need to understand that in this present time in which we live, Christianity in the United States is on the decline. You might not want to think it, you might not want to believe it, but it is. Christianity is on the decline. People are, the Bible warns us to watch out. People that have them itching ears, I think it's called, isn't it, Brother Leroy? They're being told the things that they want to hear to make themselves think that they're doing the right thing. They don't want people to preach to them what they need to know and to bring out their sin into the open for what they're doing. We just watched the movie last night. Guy was a Baptist preacher. He was in the church, or sitting there, down in the south, one guy sitting on one side, smoking a cigarette. Then they got a sister's up in the front row over here. She's chewing tobacco, and she's spitting down into the spittoon and everything. And it's going all over the floor and everything. Finally, the guy couldn't take it no more. I don't, it doesn't say how long he had been there. He called him out on it and showed, told him, you ought to not be doing that. This is the house of God. You shouldn't be chewing tobacco and spitting it. You shouldn't be smoking a week later, they kicked him out to church because as long as he was preaching what they wanted to hear and let things go, it was okay. When he called them on it and the things that they needed to hear, then they didn't like it. Nobody likes to be told they're a sinner, do they? But that's what we are. So we look at these things. You know, I, I, I want to bring out one of the things we look at this, and in the understanding darkened, they are totally devoid of what? The light of God. Totally devoid. The understanding is darkened. They're totally devoid. Totally void of that. You know, if we go to... John chapter 1. I didn't write this down, but it just came into my mind. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, in chapter 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. They're talking about Jesus Christ. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. They were devoid. Neither don't, They don't even have any knowledge of his will. We've got a little bit. We know a little bit of the will of God for us, don't we, Brother Roger? We know how we need to do, what we need to live, how we need to live. We need to do, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If you love me, he says, keep my commandments. See, these are the things. We're looking at these things. And we realize that, you know, to not even be able to comprehend the will of God in your lives. See how, see how blessed you are? That's why he's telling us, don't walk as other Gentiles walk. We are a peculiar people, the Bible says. Zealous of good works. Peculiar. You know, I mean, in, in this day and age, peculiar might mean a little bit more than what it might have meant back then. Back then, we are peculiar people. We're our, we're our separate people. We're different. We're different from them. You know, we talked about in, in Ephesians chapter 2, we look at it. These are those that have not been quickened because Jesus starts saying that you have been quickened. They haven't been quickened. Quickened. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. They're still walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's still working in those children of disobedience that have their understanding darkened. They're still still having their conversation in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and they're still by nature the children of wrath. That's how they are. Aren't you thankful for the next verse? But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Wow. That's why we are to walk differently. Our manner of life should be different. Understanding darkened. It's amazing. You know, when they're understanding that they're ignorant of God and the things of God, all they're worried about is the thing is the world. We were reading something the other day, you know, Mabel and myself. These are people that loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. So we got to understand. You know, it's as, it's as different as, as we just talked about, light and day. It's the difference between on the left hand and the right hand. It's the difference from being what? Goats or sheep? These are the things we're looking at. Ignorant of God, of the way of salvation. They don't want to know anything about, they don't want a savior. They don't want a savior. My life's just fine. I'm doing okay. Got a nice car, nice house, make good money. What do I need God for? You know, that's the way these, 
That's what the thoughts are in their mind. We're just the opposite, you know? I know a lot of us, we got nice houses, we got nice cars and everything. God has blessed us. You know what I mean? He's blessed us beyond measure. We've had good jobs. Brother Bill worked at the same job from the day he got out, just about out of high school, didn't you, Bill? Until the day he retired. He made a good living, took care of his family and everything. You know, we all go through these things. We do this, you know. They're ignorant of the love of Christ. How much he loved. We just talked about his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. I don't mean to be pointed at you, Brother Roger. Even when we were dead in sins. Brother Roger, he was dead in sins. Bill, Sue, Mabel, Amy, Leroy, myself, Brother Zach, Brother Jimmy, Brother Herb, all these preachers we got on our Bible study. They all know that at one time they were dead in their trespasses and sins. And if but if not but if not but if not for the grace of God, they would still be there. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. You know, this we look at. What would it be like to be ignorant of the love of Christ? How he watches over us takes care of us. He doesn't, God and Jesus Christ do not care of the things of this world. They do not care what doctors say, as Brother Roger is very well acquainted with. You know, when those doctors sat there and told him, you know what, get your affairs in order. You ain't got long to live. Now there's two ways Two ways you can go, Gary, right? You can sit there and start having a pity party, put everything in order, and just wait for you to, you to die. Or you can pull your pants up by the bootstraps or whatever they used to say. You can do that. Pull, pull yourself, put your pants up. Get, get your big boy pants on and face reality. You know, what Roger said was, I'm sure he said in his mind, I don't know the mind of Roger, but it was like, you know what? To live. Now, I don't know what. You know what? He says, you know, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live. I'm going to live by the grace of God. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. Brother Roger knew if he died, he knew where he was going to go. But if he lived, he knew that he was still living upon this earth because this is where God wanted him to be. So he says, Brother Rogers thinking in his mind, you know what? Either way, I win. Either way, I win. You know? So we need, we need to look at this thing. That's what the love of Christ does for us. And we need to be thankful for that and give him all play, praise and glory. Blind to all that is most vital to us. I was talking about when I was going to speak on, on Monday night. And you know what? When we're with Jesus Christ, I know we see signs and everything. This is my happy place. Jesus Christ should be our happy place. 
That's where we should be the most happy, when we're with and in Jesus Christ. All that is most vital unto us. What's, what's vital unto us? We need to breathe. Our heart needs to beat. We need to eat, have necessities. But the thing that's most vital to us is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That super abundant strength that he gives unto us. That super abundant strength when maybe we think we can't go on any farther. That he's the one that picks us up and lifts us up. You know, there's a song we sing, and he walks with me and he talks with me. You know, we don't even realize it. How many times he's walking beside us in this world. We don't know it. Now, we know that he's here with us today, right? Because he's promised us, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. I am in the midst. So he's blessing us with us, holy presence here today, isn't he? He's blessing us. He's here. He's with us. It's just really so awesome when we look at this. You know, it's amazing. You know, I want to read this. Paul speaks of a simple and well-known fact. A fact that is seen now in this world in which we live as back then, 2,000 years ago. That the understanding becomes darkened by our indulgence in sin. Our indulgence in sin. When we give way to sin. You know, it's just a little bit farther here. It says, and Brother Leroy spoke on this the other day. We listened to you, Brother Leroy. <laughs> Neither give place to the devil. That's that. You know what that means? That's giving in to sin. We can't let him get in a little bit at all. That's why when we look at Ephesians, we can see the flow of Ephesians. He, he's getting us in chapter 1 and he's getting us to chapter 6. And what is he telling us? Don't give place to the devil. And he's telling us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of its darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day. See? Don't give place to the devil. Don't, don't give him an inch in this world. It's easy to do it, isn't it? You know, how many times we say, well, you know what? We try to get away with things. Remember when we were a kid, we tried to get away with so many things. Well, mom and dad didn't see me do this and that and whatever. Sometimes we think we can do that as we're adults. But he sees everything. Remember in Psalms, I can't remember what Psalm it is. You know, he knows our down-sitting and our uprising. He knows our thoughts. He knows the very words that are in our mouth before we speak it. People are going to sit there and say, how can he do this? How can he do this? How many people are in this world? 
With man, these things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. We gotta get it, we gotta get that into our brain. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Alienated from the life of God. Turn to chapter 2, verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Alienated. They're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We are aliens. We are alienated from the life of God. When we look at these things, it's nice that when we read verse 12, but when we go to 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He's brought us closer to that. He's broken down. What does it talks about here? He's broken down that middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile. Remember, the holiest of holies. When Jesus was crucified, it was rent and tamed twain from the top to the bottom, showing the way into the holiest of holies was done away with. It's done away with. Because the high priest went in only once a year with blood to atone for all the sins of the people of Israel. But in Jesus Christ, that's done away with. We don't have to do that once a year. He did it once and for all upon the cross. That's why he said when he died, he says, it is what? It is finished. The plan of salvation that God put in effect from the foundation of the world was done. Jesus Christ did it. It was done, isn't it? Wow. When we look at these things and see alienated from the life of God through the ignorance of their heart, for the hardening of their heart. Hardening of their heart. So we need to be thankful in the regeneration. God's given us a new heart. We don't have that hard heart anymore. We can understand these things that are written here. These things are all written for our edification, to build us up, not to tear us down. We've got to understand that. You know, we look at this, you know, aiding for the life of God. We look at this. A spiritual life. A life of grace. That's where we're alienated from. A life of grace. A spiritual life. Of faith and holiness. Of believing in Jesus Christ. See, when he tells us to be separate from them, don't walk as other Gentiles walk, this is what? They had no spiritual life. They didn't have a life of grace. They didn't believe in faith or holiness, which may be called what? The life of God. We're living the life of God, aren't we? We're living our life for God. We're living our life for Jesus Christ. That's what we should be living our life for. We look at this because it is what? It is infused in us by the Spirit of God. 
infused into us. That's mean it, it's such a part of us that you can't separate it. You know what I mean? It's infused into us. You know, you can't, you can't separate the one from the other. That's what's good. Now, hopefully we can never be separated. Well, I know we can't be separated from the love of God because it tells us in, 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 in Romans, what shall separate us from the love of God? All these different things. I think Brother Roger counted them all up. What is it, nine or ten, Brother Roger, somewhere in there? All these things. What it brings us to is nothing can separate us. Us from the life of God. Nothing can separate us. Infused by the Spirit of God. And is it, and this is all according to what? The will of God. It's the will of God that you're a child of God. It's part of His. Because He wrote your names in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. But Paul is warning us of the things that are in the world. You know, the things that are in the world back then are the things that are in the world today. Back then, they had preachers with itching ears and were trying to, 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 to deceive the people. That's why Jesus Christ looked out on these people and said, they were as sheep having no shepherd. And we look in today and we got people that today are teaching the same way. These people are as sheep really not having a shepherd because why? Because they're leading the sheep astray. They're not bringing forth the truth unto them. We look at this stuff. According to the will of God. Now we look at it and wicked and unconverted men are alienated from this life, the spiritual life that we're having. All these good things that are for us, they're alienated from that life. And a bad, bad problem is when we talk about the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because what? They're spiritually discerned. They don't want to know them. They don't even want to know these things. They don't know want about Jesus Christ. They don't want the things that be of life. They're an alien from this life, from a life like that of God. We're supposed to, when we look in the mirror, we're supposed to see Jesus Christ. If we see Jesus Christ, what are we looking at? Also, Brother Leroy, we're looking at God. Because if you know me, you've known the Father. So if we look at Jesus Christ, we know Jesus Christ, we know the Father. We know who his Father is. And we want to live a life like that as much as we can. A life of which what? God is what? He's the source and he is what? He's the author. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And when we look at these things, it's just amazing when we look at these things and see that. We talk about, we talked about the heart. The ultimate cause of their alienation is what? Hardness of heart. It talks about that. The hardness. Because of the blindness of their heart. It's the hardness. The hardness of their heart. Hardened by what? By the deceitfulness. We understand. Sin deceives us. The deceitfulness of sin. 
Satan's main aim in this world is to deceive us. That's why we need to be sober, spiritually alert. Spiritually alert out in the world. Because you don't know when he's ever going to come against you. We look at this thing. You know, they have this heart through worldly living. For because, well, What does it say in the Bible? No man can serve two masters, right? He's going to cling to the one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That word mammon loosely, <laughs> the world. It's the world. You can't serve God and the world. In Revelations, what, what does it talk about that? Because they were lukewarm. They were neither either cold nor hot. What is, what does Jesus say? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So we need to be on the right side of the fence, don't we? That's what we need to look at. You know, when we look at their hearts have become hard, callous. I don't, I don't have no calluses on my hands because I ain't really worked hard probably for quite a while. Now, if you looked at Mabel and Susie's dad, he probably had calloused hands. But that was because of hard work. But that's hard. Those calluses are hard, aren't they? So that's what they have a callous heart, a hard heart. It's hard. Hardened from the things to be of Jesus Christ and in the world and everything. It makes them ignorant and careless. They don't worry about things. You know what they're doing? They're living their life for today. I know a lot of people say, but you know what? We don't know, so we've got to look at today. We've got to look at tomorrow and whatever. Because God has given us a sound mind. You know, Carly's given us a mind that we know. We might have to prepare for things that are in the future. But we're not supposed to get all caught up in these things. You know, that's what the, that the thing is. You know, that one serenity prayer. You know, that we need to know the things that we can change and be able to accept the things that we can't change. We can't change. So we need to look at these things. You know, they're ignorant, they're careless, they're foolish. And such being, their, it's, it's, their, it's a state of mind with them. You know, when we, we first started to get the, to come to church and hear about Jesus Christ, you know, it's, it's a state of mind, isn't it? We need to watch out. It's a state of our mind. Where is our mind at today? We look at our mind. It says, for where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. That's a state of mind, our heart. It's a state of mind. You know, it's having that attitude of gratitude, just being thankful. When we realize... Grateful for what God has done for us. Gratitude for what he's done for us. For what he continues to do for us each and every day of our lives. Watching over us, guiding and directing our footsteps. It's amazing when we look at this thing. Alienated from the life of God. 
You know, when we look at this, look at chapter 2 and verse 18. It says, for through him, through Jesus Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have access, access to him. You know, as he walks with us and talks with us, we need to what? We need to walk with him and talk to him. How do we talk to God? We talk to God in prayer. We need to talk to God in prayer. I was reading something. I, I got this devotion I was reading. It's on you version. Now I lost my train of thought. Prayer. And it was talking about Daniel. I'm going to close with this. He's talking about Daniel. And he says, you know, Daniel, he says, them presidents and all those people that were in Babylon, they sat there and they, they didn't like it because Daniel was above them. This was a Jew. He's, he's infringing on our territory. You know, we talked about jealousy. They were jealous. They were jealous. They wanted to get rid of him. And they, they knew that the only way they could get rid of him and find fault is with his God. That's when they went into the king, Darius, and said, you know, let, let, let's write this, uh, this commandment here, not a commandment, but like a law, that no one could ask a petition of anybody else but the king. Now, Daniel went three times, got down on his knees and prayed. He prayed three times a day. When he knew it was signed, he went and he prayed. He wasn't worried about what was going to happen. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And this guy who was writing a devotion, he said that if people now would be put into jail for praying three times a day, what did it say, darling? Our prisons would be empty. Uh, not empty, but they'd have plenty of room inside that prison if they put people in there for praying three times a day. That's a condemnation of us. You know what I mean? We need to get down on our knees. We need to get down on our knees and we need to pray today. I thank you for your kind attention this morning.